Howdy, and welcome back to another episode of the Texas Private School Podcast. I think this is now season two, episode five or six, somewhere around there. But we have a lot of information to cover as we missed a week last week, so there's going to be no shortage of things to talk about here. I'll go to Walker Lot first in College Station. Walker, how have you been? How, how would you think of all the gains that we had the past two weeks? Yeah, I'm in a little under the weather the past week, so apologize for not, not having last week's episode. But, I mean, I literally, like, uh, I hope maybe I'll put the video in there, but I literally had five games in front of me on Friday night watching them all. Like, that's, I mean, when I was sick, might as well just watch football. That's the best thing to do. So I watch a lot of games, watch a lot of football, so I can talk about them all. But, uh, yeah, I mean, nothing better than watching high school football last week, so. Without a doubt. Ryan Schroeder, newly 20-year-old Ryan Schroeder, if I'm correct, is in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Ryan, first of all, happy late birthday from everyone here. And second, just how was how was the past week from a personal standpoint, from a football standpoint? You know, 20th birthday was great. Um, <laughs> honestly, I, I love love now feeling older and older. And my, I'm finally in my third decade of life. Uh, I've joined y'all in the third decade of life, so I'm pretty proud of that. Um, and, and yeah, like we'll get to later. My, my pick record is still number one. No one's, no one's touching me at this point. So that's all I got to say. Just know that I am, uh, the most, you know, uh, knowledgeable Texas private school football guy out there. Let, let's let that be known right now. You know, just for the fact of you being very fresh off of a birthday, I'll give you that as of now, but I want it very clear. I am creeping up ever so slightly, and I've gotten a lot closer than I was. But as you can notice, um, I am wearing a full suit, as you can tell. I have the pants on, too. I'll just let y'all trust me on that. Uh, Me and Ryan made a bet uh, the past week. If you didn't see that on Twitter, we obviously both of the teams were alumni of grace and legacy christian played we just made a bet that the loser would have to wear a full suit on the next episode and legacy one by one even though i tried to tell you over and over again legacy was going to win you didn't believe me but i mean i decided to put a little bit of faith in my alma mater and they absolutely screwed me so shout out grace i really appreciate it but we'll, we'll get into more of that later when we recap games. We'll actually look at the pick record real quick that Ryan just mentioned. Sadly, yet again, Ryan uh, is atop the leaderboard 11-3 and three, uh, last week, 55-15 and 15 overall. You already gloated a little bit, so you forfeited your, your right to yeah. talk about your pick yeah. record up to this point. Uh, I follow fresh on your heels at a, another 11 and three week going 51 and 19 overall. Walker is 10 and four at the bottom 49 and 21 overall Walker really quickly. Uh, you think you have any chance to, to claw your way back into this one? Or you just think there's no hope. You see, I'm making it interesting. I'm sorry for, you know, picking kind of the bold ones kind oh. of being bold, you know, that's what's, that's what the problem with me, I guess, is I'm just trying to make things interesting. And I, uh, I should have picked the, especially last week. You know, I had a lot of games where I picked. I think I picked. Uh, I picked Liberty over Nolan, and I picked someone else. Uh, picked Millen yeah. over uh, Parish, and those two games cost me yeah. big time. And I don't know why I did that. Uh, I should have stuck with the, you know, the state champions and all that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, and I should have totally not picked my alma mater last week. That was a big mistake on my part. But you know, I just had faith in my guys, but they let me down again. Uh, so yeah, you know, two weeks of picking my alma mater as well that both worked out negatively. So wait, no way. My yeah. alma mater was the only one to win this weekend. It was. Let's it was. Go. I, I, I told you it would be, and you didn't even believe me. 
Let's go. Come on. I um, mean, it, it is what it is. Football is a funny game. And also, Walker, a lot of these favorites are actually favorites for a reason. So sometimes it pays yeah. to bet chalk. But before we get into our Players of the Week segment, as you can already probably tell, uh, my voice is going out rapidly. I apologize. You have to listen to me in this state. But if it, if it goes out at any point in the episode, we'll improvise and we'll figure it out. Mm. But moving on into Players of the Week, just an absolutely ridiculous, ridiculous stat line yet again coming from none other than six-man football the texas private school podcast offensive player of the week is Whit jewett from fort worth covenant classical right in right uh, walker's hometown the man had just all of these numbers are insane so brace yourself 17 receptions 509 yards and nine touchdowns and they still lost I don't know how that's even physically possible. Just being a receiver myself, I don't. I don't know. It's hard enough to get nine touchdowns in a season, let alone one freaking game. Uh, Walker, I'll turn to you first. How does this even happen? And how do you lose a game with someone having the stat line? Yeah, the the final score was. If anyone hasn't seen this, it's insane. One hundred and nineteen to one hundred and twelve. That's that's six. That's literally six man in a nutshell. Like that is peak six man football, and you gotta love it. And yeah, just shout out to this kid, man. Just absolute baller of a game. But I mean, what is that? Seven? Hey, one more touchdown they could have had, but they just gave it up. So no, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Go on. My question is uh, points, time. There's time. The game has a time limit. Like. You have to explain to me that every play wasn't just, oh, we're going to bomb it down the field. And they just threw a 100-yard pass to Witt Jewett from the one-yard line every single time. That's probably something of what had to happen. There's no way any other thing in my mind could have, you know, allowed for, what is that, 230 points in a football game? Yeah, 231. And I'm, I'm looking through the tweets. Someone has said that that is only third on their all-time list of six-man scores, combined points. That That's – got to love six-man football, man. Gotta I mean, it's just, it, it's just football in its purest form. It's, it's the beautiful game. But, I mean, that is just – I think I've said this like three times already, which shows you how crazy of a year this has been. That's a stat line I legitimately don't know if you ever see again. That is just absolutely insane. Six-man football, I'll go to my grave saying, is the best and the most pure form of football. It's beautiful. But, I mean, shout-out with Jewett. Just an absolute beast of a game. Yeah, so how many fantasy points is that right there? Let's let's count this up. You got uh, – My math is bad. Yeah, so 50, you get 50. You get – it's a PPR, so 67. And then 67 plus 63 – or, no, sorry, uh, 54. Yeah, he's – yeah, that's over 100 fantasy points right there, by the way, so – Give yourself a day, Wit. I mean, over betters in that game were also rejoicing, but that's that's a story for another time. But shout out Wit Jewett, crazy game. You love to see it. Now transitioning into defense, another crazy stat line. And the Texas Private School Podcast Defensive Player of the Week is Caleb Van Zant from Dallas St. Marks with four tackles. And here's what got him it: three interceptions and a pick six. We've already had like a couple guys before half or interceptions in a game, which just tells you, like I've been mentioning how crazy of a season this is. Cause you 
do not see this a lot. Three picks in a game and adding a defensive touchdown in the form of a pick six to that is just it's it's crazy. I mean, it's stuff you don't see a lot and stuff that has to be highlighted when you see it. I don't care what it's going up against. I saw three picks and a pick six, and I immediately knew this guy had to be player of the week. So, Walker, you first. What did you think of Van Zant's performance in this game? I mean, I think we like we said it a couple of weeks ago, but you know, when you have a guy that talented and just on fire where a guy who's just locking that kid down, like you don't, you shouldn't even throw it his way anymore the rest of the game because he'll just make you pain. That's what he did all night for this team. So. hundred percent. Ryan, Caleb Van Zant, three interceptions, pick six, your thoughts. Yeah. That's, that's basically what y'all said. It's like three interceptions. That's, that's really hard to do. Like that's a, that's knowing where the pass is going to come is not as easy as you think. No, it's definitely not. And someone that played in the secondary, I can hardly fathom how you can get three picks in a game, but it's incredibly impressive. Caleb Van Zant, keep that kid on your watch list for the rest of the season from Dallas St. Marks. But now we transition into discussing last week's matchups that we had. These were our games of the week last week that we didn't get to preview because we didn't have an episode, but we'll review them since we have the time to now. Starting off with Grapevine Faith versus San Antonio Holy Cross. This game was actually played at Mary Harden Baylor. And, you know, Faith absolutely rolls to a 42-0 victory here against Holy Cross. Honestly, I thought that Faith would win the game. They've been rolling all year. Holy Cross isn't a bad team by any standards, but they're a D3 team and Faith is D2. And it just logic there tells you that Faith is going to have the edge. However, I thought this would be around a 21-point victory, certainly not a 42-point dog walk like we saw Friday. You know, junior quarterback Chase Cross really appears to be coming into his own here as the driver of this Faith offense. And I'll ask is it time to consider Faith as one of the top contenders in Division Two? That's not something we've discussed really before. You always hear the, the normal names we bring up, like D.C., Regents, teams like that. We haven't talked about Faith a lot as someone that could play into that role. So, Walker, I'll turn to you first. I mean, first, just recap what you saw from the game. Then answer that question, is it time to consider Faith one of the top contenders in Division Two? You know, I think, like, like you said, um, looking into Chase Cross a little bit, I think Chase Cross has kind of submitted himself maybe as the better Cross brother out of the two in that Division One, uh, Division Two, sorry, District One. But um, they're a good team, you know. CJ Wilson, their head coach, has done a really good job preparing them each and every week, and kind of just submitted himself against a, another big uh, powerhouse in Division Three. Um, looking to your question. I would say, yeah, I think they have to be at least in that conversation. Um, I still think, you know, it's like D.C. and Regents, and I think they're the top of the top. But I think you have SES, you have Great Fund of Faith, you have Second Baptist in the bottom. And I think those are the next tier right under that top tier in Division Two. So maybe not top contenders, but they have to be for sure mentioned up there. Yeah, without a doubt. And looking at their schedule – I think there is a very good chance that Faith goes undefeated in district play. I mean, you look, they got Southwest Christian. As of now, I think that's a game that they win. You have Coram Deo. I think they win that. I don't think it's a big argument. They have Legacy. They'll beat Legacy. Sorry, Ryan. And you have Fort Worth Christian, and they'll probably do terrible, terrible, inhumane things to Fort Worth Christian as well. So, you know, just looking at that, I don't want to put the announcer's jinx on this Grapevine team, but – 
I think I'm kind of answering my own question. I think it is time to legitimately consider faith as a team that could make it all the way to state. I don't think prior to everything I've or to go against everything I've said prior, I don't think it's necessarily just Dallas Christian without a second thought. But Ryan, I'll hand it to you there. Uh, do you think that this faith team is a team that we can cannot be surprised if they win the North and make it to state? Yeah, I mean, I, I really do think that this team is uh, is really solid in, in, in general. Like I I have I have no doubt in my mind that this team couldn't couldn't be one of the ones to, you know, put up something against D.C. I mean, we've seen now that D.C. is becoming a little bit more human here and has taken a little bit of a, a little bit of a turn from how they normally go. But I mean, you look through this right now, Josh Terrell. Um, got his Kentucky offer, which was insane. You got another wide, wide receiver with David Anderson getting an offer from Howard Payne. I mean, their team is looking very, very good, and it shows off by the fact that they're getting college offers. And I think that is very important to see. Obviously, Chase is still a junior, so he may not be getting uh, his offers yet. But, I mean, that's – you know what? That's I, I, totally fine. I, I don't think there's any problem with that. I think there's a lot of guys right now on this faith team that are going to be playing at the next level. And I think it's about time that we realize that with all these, with all this star power on their offense, then, you know, they might as well be good and they might as well roll teams 42, nothing. No, a hundred percent. And I think I also made the comment earlier that division two was stacked. I kind of want to walk that back a little bit. I think D two as a whole is I'd make the argument considerably weaker than it normally is. I think at the top, you have DC, you have Grapevine, Southwest will be good this year. And I know I'm probably forgetting a few teams or regions, regions obviously. Regions, regions. regions. Yeah. regions. And, and St. Michael's. And St. Michael's, St. Michael's to an extent. Regions just kind of beat them pretty yeah. badly. But yeah. like outside of those teams I just mentioned, like I'm talking about like traditional powers, like Legacy Christian, Fort Worth Christian. Uh, Grace isn't necessarily a power, but they're really bad. Um, Brook Hill, I don't think is going to be very good either. I just think as a whole, the division is going to be down this year, which makes it that much easier for really top-heavy good teams like Faith, D.C. Regions just to dog walk everyone. But again, I'm getting a little bit in over my head. Again, this is like we're not even in district play yet for some of these teams. So I, I'm going to wait and pump the brakes and let that play out a little bit before I go into more speculation. But after all that being said, we move on into our second game to recap, Fort Worth All Saints at Argyle Liberty. And this game ended up in a 41-24 to win for Fort Worth All Saints. Uh, they, were led, they were led in the ground in this one by Brett Alfinger with 23 rushes for 153 yards and get ready for this four touchdowns. In fact, all of All Saints' touchdowns came on the ground in this one. Um, as for Liberty, quarterback Jacob Vaughn was a solid 21 for 41 for 214 yards and a couple touchdowns. Both of those were thrown to Brady Janicek, for, who had nine grabs for 115 yards. So, Walker, as I always do, I'll turn to you. Uh, 41 to 24 win, solid win for all Saints here. Your thoughts on this game? Yeah, this was one of the games I really paid attention to last week. Um, you know, I, I had it on my big screen up there on that TV right there and just kind of watched it the entire game. And, you know, like what I saw was, you know, it was a close game for a while, I believe. Right. Yeah. They were only down three at the half. Liberty was. And it was just a really close game. But then over time, just all Saints kind of pulled out. And I, I got to say, you can if you can run like Brent Alfinger 
is that's the real deal. That he is one of the best backs probably in all the private school because he just can just run over people and he, no matter what he kind of just always goes forward with his running. When he's running the ball, he runs the ball well, and I think they can run it behind him, especially with. Like that offensive line, you know, they lost two Bama recruits last year on the offensive line and others. But I mean, they replaced them with good guys on that offensive line led by Charlie Johnson, who is an absolute unit. Shout out Charlie, man. That's my guy. But like he is a unit over there on that offensive line for those teams. He just he stands out when he's walking around. And you're like that. That's why you're coveted. And that's why he's been on all these visits. Um and on the other, they still have Chris Paul Freeman, who's one of the best speedy receivers in the state. The reasons that's the reason he's getting SEC offers is because of his speed. And they have him plus Brant plus on the defensive side of the ball. I really wanted to shout out, you know, Robert uh, Robert Sanders, who had seven total tackles, four sacks, two tackles for loss on the night, and also a fumble recovery. I mean that that's just having him and I also really like Creed Williams on the other side and those two guys create this like tandem on that defensive line that's just scary for opposing tackles so it's just it's a nightmare for any offensive line to face those two guys they have a good team man I, I you know it's not they're not the best in division one of course because you know they kind of got beat last week but I mean, they're a good solid team and they can make some noise in the playoffs if they put it together. Like I always say, if all Saints can put it together, they can make some noise, but sometimes it just doesn't happen that way. Without a doubt. And we will see as the year plays out if all Saints does in fact put it together. Ryan, 41-24 All Saints beats Argyle in this one. Your thoughts. Honestly, I'll, I'll keep it a little short here, but you know. Argyle, I, I I think the offenses play well. I think Jacob Bonds play well. I think, you know, I think the offense in general has put up uh, a lot of great stats, 214 yards, two TDs, nine grabs, 115 yards. That's not a bad stat line at all for a QB and a wide receiver. You just can't let up 41 points. 41 points is a lot of, a lot of points. And, you know, I, honestly, I, I just – if the offense, you know, is doing their part and like trying as hard as they can, the defense can't slack on that. And uh, honestly, I know Fort Worth State's a good team, but yeah, Liberty, you, your defense has got to put it up there if, if you want to do that kind of thing. Yeah, no, I think there are two definitive tiers in Division One this year. Um, and I think that Fort Worth All Saints is in that tier one that'll be really competitive for in the playoffs and for state championships. I think Liberty is in that second tier. That doesn't mean they're a bad team. But it means I don't think they're going to make a whole lot of noise come playoff time and stuff like that going. I was literally just going to say this, by the way. And that's and that's not me saying that they're a bad defensive team every day. They they held D.C. to what, six, seven points, whatever. They're not a bad team at all. Now, their defense is not a bad team at all either. It's just the fact that some games they could have. I'm assuming maybe someone was hurt or something like that. But I mean. Like, you know, you just can't let up 41 points. So I, I know this Liberty team is good. You just you, you make sure you got to come out of the locker room every single game with the same energy. Yeah, and they're also a really risky team. That's one thing I noticed. Like, they, they had a fake uh, fake punt at, like, their 40th, something like that. Oh, and they get and they get stopped, and, then, you know, they go down and score, and that kind of starts the wrecking ball that happens at the very end of the game. They're a good team, like you said, Ryan. They're just a good team, and they have to put it together to succeed in this uh, Division One for sure. Yeah, no, we'll see. And good thing is there's still a lot of season left for you or for Liberty to iron out who their identity is as a team. So like I always say, we'll see how that plays out as the season goes on. It's the only thing yeah. you can do. Moving into game three, 
uh, close to Walker's Heart, Fort Worth Southwest at Trinity Christian Addison, and TCA rolls Southwest here 33-7 to in a game where I had it in the script last week to bet the hot hand in Trinity Christian Addison. You know, they were coming off a ton of momentum off of that shellacking of Dallas Christian the week prior. And this week they were led by senior running back Ben Sorgan with eight carries for 129 yards and a touchdown. Senior quarterback Camden Williams was an efficient 13 for 18 for 228 yards and a touchdown himself. And seniors Marcus Schumacher and Charlie Frank went for both went for 100 yards receiving. So, you know, a very, very balanced attack from TCA here and kind of showing you that they're a team that can kind of do it all front to back. They're very deep. So, Walker, obviously, this is a team that beat your alma mater pretty solidly. What thoughts did you have on this game in particular? Yeah, um, you know, I want to talk about TCA a little bit here before I'll talk about the game. Um, you know, uh, when I went by TCA before the season started, you know, I always just knew about them, right? They're always a good team up north, and they were always good, and they had a lot of talent. But, you know, TCA has always had the guys. They've had the coach come in, kind of revamp this team. And, you know, one of the guys over there said, mark my words, we're going to make some noise here in this, this year. And I said, all right, I'm excited. I'm going to see it. Let's hear for it. And let's just say they made some noise this year, uh, beating DC. We didn't get to talk about it last week, but shocked all of us. Wow. I mean, wow. just kind of submitted themselves as a team in all of private school to be reckoned with. I mean, they have talent. You know, we talked about them like this last week. You know, they have, it's, it's, it's a very good team. And they made, they just shocked everyone this last week. And I, I kind of should have not went with Salas Christian. I kind of knew they were going to lose. I kind of just rolled with my guys. And I, you know, that's just a loss on me for my pick record, but um, they're a good team, man. And they need to be a force to be reckoned with, you know, they were supposed to be in like an actual district this past year, but they, you know, with rules and regulations, they didn't get in. So they're kind of an independent at the moment. And that's why you don't really hear about them as much, but when, once they're back in district and they make noise, they're going to be a team to beat, And it's going to be really scary for a lot of teams to come fight them again. And this this week they play uh, your alma mater there, Ryan, and it's not going to be pretty. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's if stay tuned for my pick because you kind of already mentioned it. But, uh, yeah, uh, TACA Addison, a team to be f- afraid of, basically, because they are the real deal and they, and they need to be talked about and they deserve to be recognized. So as well as this game. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we kind of ran into a rough team. They played, we played ESD the week before and lost, and that was just not going to happen. So, uh, I, I, I mean, there's not much to talk about. TCA was the better team and kind of just smacked us. I just hope they get it together because I, they, with how faith is looking and how DC is beatable, but they're very, very strong. You have to have your laser focus on for the rest of your weeks. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it's definitely starting to get serious in terms of games being played. Ryan, Southwood Christian, TCA, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I really won't really talk a lot about a lot of the game because, well, you know, y'all put in a good amount of input on that. But I'm just going to say TCA Addison was not that team in high school. I mean, when any of us were in high school, I don't think any of us really thought TCA Addison was a powerhouse really in any sport. I mean – you know, maybe there was a basketball here and there. Well, we did actually lose to them. Our state championship years that we won in high school in basketball, we actually lost them each year. So let me backtrack on that. But 
when for themselves, they didn't really make a lot of noise and they weren't making a lot of noise in anything football wise. So really shocking that they're really good now. And maybe it is the new coach and maybe it is Camden Williams and maybe it is, you know, Marcus Shoemaker or Schumacher and Charlie Frank. Like maybe it's these guys that have just come in and, and, and shown themselves as their senior year that they're going to make some noise. Like they said, to you Walker, like maybe that's it. So I love T.C. Addison being a top dog. I, I, I think that's something new, and it's always good to have something new rather than same old, same old. I, I hate watching um, Dallas Christian roll every single year, and, and same for Parrish and Nolan Catholic and all of them just wiping the entire taps. So it's good to see some new teams in there sometimes. Yeah, no, I always mention Trinity Christian Addison as a team that could play spoiler. That's kind of discounting them just because they're a team that, like, you never expected them to win these big games, but they win a couple here and there and they'd ruin people's seasons. Like I went back to my senior year, 2018, they went one in 10 and zero and five in district. Like no, they were the yeah. reason that we discount this team is because they haven't been good. I mean, I think them beating Dallas Christian was the wake up call for everyone that follows taps football to understand. Okay. TCA's here and they might be here to stay. So, you know, again, I'm not saying it was a fluke. It could be. I doubt it was because I don't think that kind of thing just happens. But we'll see. TCA is probably going to have a lot more opportunities to cement themselves as someone that is here to contend in taps. And honestly, I'm here for it. I'm excited to see if they're really here. I like it when the order gets shaken up a little bit and everyone gets kind of nervous. I'm really excited to see where they go with that. But yeah. that's all we go on. I just wanted to say that new head coach kind of changed this program around and he's revamped this program to be like, they've always had the guys, a lot of those guys who are talented and they've grown up there, they've grown up through the system. And now they just, the coach has now instilled a right, the right program for these guys to win. So. No, a hundred percent. But we, we look at Dallas Christian at Fort Bend Christian in what was going to be my super mega ultimate bet your mortgage on it. Lock of the week. D.C. beat Fort, uh, Fort Bend 35-13. to 13. And Fort Bend isn't an elite team by any means. We all know that about them this year. But this was a team uh, – this was a win D.C. desperately needed to get their feet back under them after an absolute embarrassment by their standards at the hands of Trinity Christian Addison. You know, it was a solid win for them. Like I mentioned, it, it was a game that was, I think, going to be very definitive for their season, whether they were going to come out and just completely – handle business and get back on track or were they going to come out lay an egg again lose to Fort Bend and get completely derailed so Walker I'll go to you first I know you watched this game as it was happening live what, what did you take away from that game what do you think that says about this DC game being able to be resilient and bounce back from a loss well I just want to say firstly I really like having DFW play Houston teams I think that's really really cool and it kind of gets the vamp of the north and the south and how good each team is because I want, I would love like SES would play like Houston Second Baptist next year. I think that would be a great preseason game for both of them. So make that happen. Anyway, it's not the point. Uh, it was, you know, DC kind of just, you know, did its thing again and it kind of submitted themselves as, you know, one of the top dogs, regardless of North or South. And FBCA has a lot of talent, but they still got a long way to go to be close to the top dogs. And uh, they have, they have the talent and they, they, it with that defense just, shuts people down like you said um it's 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 scary and i wanted to talk about jackson berry man you know we mentioned him in, like in the previous episodes and all of that of how talented that kid is 
but just seeing him out there watching the game, I mean, he was everywhere. He's a nightmare for the, on that defensive uh, front front seven. And he, he's going to be a, it, uh, there's just, I, I got scared. I, as an offensive lineman, I, I was scared for him. Like he, he was everywhere. He caused havoc for that offensive line and that offense. Um, yeah, that's, he's one to, he's hard to stop. And it's, it's, it's very, it, I mean, as a, as a viewer, it's fun to watch him play. So, uh, but yeah, DC, man, keep rolling. Uh, they had a, they had a stop with that TCA loss, but they keep rolling in the district. So. No, for sure. I mean, obviously we, we all knew we had to pump the brakes a little bit on DC and, and reassess after that, that loss to Trinity Christian Addison, but we'll see. I mean, their their district is not challenging at all. If any one of their district games is within 35 points, I will be incredibly surprised. So I don't think we have to really – we're really going to get to hone in on D.C. until playoffs come back around, but we'll see. Uh, Ryan, what did you think about this game and where D.C. is going as a team? All right. I think it's just to realize that, you know, a loss of T.C. Addison is actually, you know – it's more on TCA Addison than it is on Dallas Christian. If I'm being completely honest, it's just like, it's not, it's not Dallas Christian not being good. It was more along the lines of, Oh wait, TCA is actually good, which is what we just talked about. So I don't have, I have no, I have no doubt that DC is going to go um, undefeated for the rest of the season. I mean, guys, I'm telling you right now, it's Fort Worth Christian, Bishop Dunn, McKinney Christian, Grace and Brook Hill. It's, it's over. It's over. They're going to have, Grace they're going to have, Okay, yeah, yeah, Grace gonna win. They're they're gonna go nine and one, and and I think that's what you got to realize at this point. Um, so you know, I, I I love I love the fact that you know we 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 thought maybe you know Fort Ben Christian had a chance, but you know, and and like you said, I am so for Houston versus DFW. That is so cool. I don't know if y'all remember um the the little shout out to our boy from uh um uh Dave Campbell right here, but uh. The what's called, um, where was the Houston versus Dallas, um, like a cover on the, on the book, oh, Maybe yeah. it was like the flip in whatever thing yeah. that was so cool. Like I, if you don't know what it looks like, then you can look it up or maybe walk, put it on screen, but it's like, it's super, super cool. And how they had like the red and the blue and stuff like that. It really showed that like, you know, there is a rivalry and it was Duncanville and, uh, North Shore. Uh, North Shore. So like, obviously it wasn't private school, but it was still the idea that, you know, there's always a rivalry, no matter what classification, no matter what, there's always a rivalry between, uh, you know, the Dallas teams and the Houston teams. H-Town no. versus the Triple D, baby. Nothing better. Yes. Yes. Just, a, just a beautiful natural rivalry between teams that reside in both of those areas. And it's always, like you mentioned, I love seeing uh, Dallas teams play Houston teams. I'm a neutral bystander and, hey, uh, you, in this Tyler argument. Kid. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm a kid yeah. from Podunk East, Texas. I don't I – don't, I don't yeah. I don't root for one of the big cities, yeah. but no, it's always cool to see uh, to see hate. Hate's not the right word, but the the bitter passion between two the two cities when they play. And it's yeah. always no, really no interesting. Hate. No hate. No. <laughs> I don't know if that's completely true, but, you know, that's all we have for D.C. Fort Bend. Keep an eye on both of those teams moving forward. And now we move into St. Michael's at Austin Regents. And as expected, Regents gets a 49 to 21 win here in their district opener. Uh, for the sake of saving my voice, I'm actually going to pass this off to Walker pretty quickly. I'm going to get a glass of water. So Walker, uh, take this one away, if you will. Yeah, that was basically the battle of the two Austin teams, the best two Austin teams, St. Michael's and Regents. Uh, and Regents still shows that they're the top dogs. 
And it's kind of, that was kind of the thing of, let's see how much St. Michael's is close to Regents again. And they kind of just showed they're still a, a farther a bit away. But I really like that St. Michael's team. And if they were not in the same district as Regents, they would be so much more noise in any other district. But they're stuck with them. So that's just how it is. But I really like Carson Krover. You know, he came over from Westlake, the quarterback over there. And, I mean, when you say a Westlake quarterback, you know, you automatically already think good. But they have some talent over there. You know, that was one of – I think that was literally my last school I ever visited on my school tour. Make it – I think it was 30 schools or whatever. But um, St. Michael's was a good school, man. And, you know, the coaches over there have a good team. It's just they're – you know, they're just a little, little behind. And uh, and Regents showed, again, while they're still so dominant. Um, Dickey, I believe, like, it was really – like, Dickey went off again. You know, he even scored one on it with his legs by himself. And it was like I had five games in front of me, and I would just, like, kind of switch in between them. And each time I switched back to that Regents game and it was just another region score. So it was just kind of like, that's how it was. Um, but very impressed with Regents again. And I think it showed that I think they're still the top dog in D2. And, you know, I know we all say that DC is like that good, but I mean, they beat them. And I think they still show that they're still the top dogs no matter what. And I think they need to be known maybe as, Hey, we're the real deal still. So, uh, but yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Ryan, your thoughts on this game between the two best private schools in Austin. You know, I like this rivalry. I think it's really, really cool. I don't think there's a lot others like it, you know, I mean, think about it. You have the Dallas rivalries, you have the Houston rivalries, you have the Austin rivalries. This is the Austin private school rivalry. There's not, Another one in in uh in what's it called in Division One? It's 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 specific to Division Two, and I love that. Um, so yeah, but I mean, Regents is gonna run. They're gonna run with it. They're gonna take it back, and and I'm not gonna solidify anybody in the northern side of anything. But when it comes to the southern side of D two, I'm, I'm calling it right now. You can literally, you can don't don't what's it called? Don't put you know a uh, pin on there. Just pencil it in. Pencil and awesome regions in that final spot going into the championship game. I, I think that's, I think that's what I, what I got to realize at this point is I think Austin regions has got that D two spot for the championship out of, out of the South division. No, you, you write that. I'll say it for you. you. You write that in pen for me, at least. I don't just, I needed to see if they would get it done against St. Michael's and they did. Um, I don't, I mean, honestly, tell me who's beating a grant granted fluke things can happen, but at this point in the season, Tell me who's beating Regents in the South region to block them to state. Uh, St. Michael's probably isn't. Fort Bend isn't. I mean, Walker, can you think of anyone that could do it right now? That semifinal matchup of them versus Second Baptist is going to be interesting again. But That's, I, that's I, a good point. I think it's going to be like it always is. It always is. Regents beat St. Michael's in the semifinals or something like that. Or, you know, Second Baptist has to beat them. And then Regents has to play. Yeah, it's it's always those four teams basically out of the South. And I think uh, I think it'll be closer, but I think uh, Regents is still going to pull it off. But that's can, that's that's, down that's the my road. pencil. That's yeah. my pencil. That's my pencil. Second Baptist is the only reason why it's a pencil, in my opinion. That is, I will be com- I'll be completely honest. I completely forgot about Second Baptist in that equation. I want to. I I, I kind of want to retract my bold statement. Maybe not pin. 
Uh, I, I'm writing with a pretty heavy hand in pencil, but mm, yeah, uh, S- yeah. Second Baptist in my in my rearview mirror kind of scares me about that. But we'll see. That'll actually be really fun to see how that plays out. But barring any more discussion from us on St. Michael and Austin Regents, that wraps up our past five games of the week. And now we hit in kind of a transition segment, other news that we've done before we get to our top five next games of the week. And starting off, we brought up a couple weeks ago, is it time to hit the panic button for Fort Worth Christian? Well, I'll answer that. It is indeed time to hit that panic button. I mean, the Cardinals start, what, 0 for 4, just with 73 points, 4 through 4 games, 135 points allowed. And losing to Brook Hill is just kind of, you know, the the, the kiss of death for them. Not, not saying Brook Hill's a bad team, but Fort Worth Christian, I mean, with the athletes, athletes they have relative to Brook Hill, 100% should have beat them. So, I mean, I don't know when the last time that Fort Worth Christian started 0-4 was. I don't, I don't recall it ever happening. But, I mean, it just – this is completely unprecedented for them. Walker, you first. I mean, why do you think this is happening to Fort Worth Christian the way it is? Oh, man. Uh, it's a loaded I, question. but it, 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 it is because, you know, what was interesting last week against Brook Hill, they went back. I don't know if he was hurt or what happened, but they didn't. They ran ran with the guy who we all thought was going to start at quarterback in Trevor Andrews, and I mean he did pretty good. Uh, Seventeen of twenty eight, two fifty eight, and two TDs. Um, and it's it's interesting because it's not like they have a bad game offensively. Like Jackson Brownlow got four receptions for a, a hundred yards and a touchdown. Jacob Trimble five seventy five and a touchdown. So they have dudes getting the ball and they're scoring, but they just don't. They can't just go over that hill and get the dub. And I don't know. It like they lose to Cyprus, which I mean, okay. Bishop Lynch was a team they were supposed to lose to. ESD was a team they were supposed to lose to. But Cyprus and Brook Hill, they, that should have been some games. There should have been like at least closer. I mean, Brook Hill, they should have won, but I mean, they couldn't. And then they have to go in and we'll, they have to face Dallas Christian this week. And we'll talk about that game later. But like you start the, you're going to start really rough. And are you going to beat legacy? Like that's a, like, you know, in years past, that would have never been a question, but you actually have to think about it. Oh my gosh. Are they not going to beat legacy this year? And I think it just shows like where this program is directed and uh, they've lost a lot of coaches. They've, I, but the thing about it is they still have talent. It's such a weird concept because they should be winning games, but they're just not pulling out the dubs. And man, it, that's it's difficult to say. I don't really know. I'm gonna say it right now. Looking at the rest of their schedule, the last one, two, three, four, five, six games remaining, there is certainly a nightmare scenario where this team goes zero and ten. I mean, look at it. They got legacy, which at this point that's not a sure win at all. Uh, they have Trinity Christian Addison L. They have Southwest L. They have Coram Dale. Coram Dale is not good, but neither is Fort Worth this year. So, I mean, we don't know about that. Then, then we have Grapevine, L. So, I mean, at best, one or two wins. I mean, I, I really don't know here. Talking about that, when is the, when was the last time you actually have to think about Fort Worth Christian going 0-10? I mean, it's been years. No, no yeah, I, I don't think ever, bro. Like, it, 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 this I'm is scrolling shocking. through max preps. In, in 0405, they went 1-6. I mean, that might be <laughs> – I mean, that might be all we can find. 
that's shocking. I mean, that just kind of says where they are as a program. And- um, um, Wes, do you see that final score on that last game right there? Oh five, oh six, a two nothing victory. There's no way that's true. There's no, There's way, no that's way that's true. true. This is I mean, first that- Baptist. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, first Baptist used to be good, man. Yeah, oh, back dude. in 0405, yeah, yeah, I would I, have, I would have no idea. I would have no clue. Just as a sidebar, this is my favorite thing to do, is just scroll back through Max Preps archives. Yeah. It's amazing. But go, go on, Walker, finish your point. I, I think you go you, – you really don't need to count this week. Like, that, this is a game that you just have to get over with and then move into next week. So um, you play this game. But the thing about it is it's the rivalry that it's been there since the start of time. Uh, you have to compete. You know they're going to be amped up. But you you play this game and then you go into district and you pray for district to be you have a focus for district. But they got work to do. They got work to do over there with that program, and they might be finally the start of the rebuild over there for with Christian. Yeah, no, certainly, and we will we'll cover that. Um, we'll cover that DC game with them very shortly in our previews. But I mean, Ryan, what do you think about hitting the panic button in four with Christian? I mean. This Dallas Christian win, I know we'll talk about it later, but this Dallas Christian win against Fort Worth could literally be a 70-0 blowout. Like, it it could be horrible. Uh, and then I'd like to make hang an on, announcement. It, it is a rivalry game, though. Crazy things happen. Yep. True, 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 true. I would like to make an announcement, though. Um, I will be attending Fort Worth Christian versus Legacy Christian Academy, okay. and I will be there in the flesh in Frisco, Texas, at that game. So – let it be known. Let it be known with me with my little camera on the sideline. Um, I'm going to talk some trash to the fort. No, I will not. I will not do that. Um, but no, I seriously, though, I will be at that game. I'm coming home to Texas to say hi to everybody. We have a bye week here at Oklahoma State, so I get to go home. Um, and yeah, I'm going to see this game. And I actually am for once excited uh, to go see uh, a legacy game this year. Because who knows? Who knows what this game will be at all? Like this game is going to be interesting. This may be a 0-5 Fort Worth Christian versus a 1-4 Legacy Christian Academy. Like, I am excited to see this, and I honestly don't know what's going to come of it, you know? So, you know what? Put put me down for the, one of the best matchups and taps this year against Fort Worth Christian Legacy Christian Academy. No, it, it'll be incredibly interesting. But that's all we have to say about the Fort Worth Christian panic button. And something I'll jump into really quickly that hits close to home. I mean, just the absolute fall of the Tyler private schools, Tyler obviously being where I'm from. There's there's four teams. There's four teams that kind of make up the matrix of private schools in Tyler being Grace Community, Bullard Brook Hill, All Saints Episcopal and Bishop T.K. Gorman. And Grace, actually, all these teams used to be in the same district, and that was just pandemonium. I mean, it was fun. Rivalries were high. All Saints was always kind of trash. Uh, but Grace, Brookhill, and Gorman were always somewhat competitive, although I think I think I never lost to Gorman in high school, and I only lost to Brookhill once, so there's there's that. But, oh, I mean, oh, just – glad, <laughs> yeah, glad you had to I put have, that in there real quick. I, oh, I, I, will, I will mention that every time I get the chance so, to. We, we went like 13-1 and one against Tyler schools when I was in high school. Go on. I have to ask, where, where is Gorman and All Saints now? Are they, are they still so, in? No, Gorman and All Saints are both in the same division. I think they are both like D3. 
D3 or D4 now. Um, I mean, it's just, and the thing is, you haven't heard of them because they're horrible now. I know. That's Um, those guys. I literally have not even heard of those teams since high school. Like, no, I I know both of y'all at least heard of at least Brookhill and Gorman because they were, they were big factors all the way through our senior year. I mean, they were in, they were in our district in D2. All of them were competitive and everyone has just completely fallen off. Grace is one in four this year and just straight up, it doesn't look like it's in a great place. There was some, there's, Internal things going on there. I really disagreed with the firing of Coach Norm Thompson, but that's neither here nor there. It's not something I can discuss here. Uh, Brookhill's four and one. I think that's kind of a fake four and one. I'm not. I'm not getting on Brookhill, but I don't think. I think district will be an interesting wake up call for them. All Saints is one and two in their district. Gorman is just absolute dog water at 0 and 4. I mean, they've been outscored 172 to nothing through four oh games. And it just, it really, really just makes me sad to see this because these teams at one point were all so competitive with each other and it's completely unraveled at the seams. And honestly, I don't think we'll ever get back to a point where all these four Tyler teams are at that competitive level again. You- I think there's hope for, t- go on. I was going to ask, say, do you think it's because people are staying in the public schools over there in Tyler or are they transferring out? Like, what's the what's the deal, you think? A little bit. I think Tyler legacy is becoming day in day yeah. more of a alluring option because they they built a new school. There's new athletic facilities there. Yeah. Um, but you can say that for like Gorman in 2018 built this multi-million dollar gigantic athletic facility. The problem is, and again, there's a lot of politics involved in this. And I got to watch where I step. There is a lot of internal garbage going on at Gorman that I know will eat that school alive from the inside out. So that's why I say, I think there is hope for Grace and Brookhill to to make it back out of this Brookhill, i don't think will ever fall down very far grace is teetering on the edge all saying there's a 50 50 chance they get good again and i i honestly don't think they will but i mean i'm not going to ask either of y'all for really in-depth comments because there's no reason for y'all to know about exactly a lot of tyler stuff but that's just that's just something that hits home close to me and i don't know it makes me sad to see these teams fall down the way they have and i really really hope we see at one point all these teams get back to where they were but walker i know you have some comments of some guys that you liked this past week so get into them and, and bring us up to a little lighter note uh yeah um i just wanted to mention quick mention uh uh john raybuck i know we talk about him a lot this past couple of weeks but that 24 running back over at cormdale i really like man uh, and, uh, and I just wanted to mention it because he had a great game this last week, 33 carries, 208 yards, five touchdowns, and a kickoff return. And he also, on defense, tackle a quarterback curry and a pass breakup. I mean, he's just doing one on both sides of the ball. He's a great athlete over there, and I think he's one of the more underrated guys in Division Two. And I think he's going to be like a most, like, you know, come on to the scene type of player for Division Two this this year. And I think he's kind of that leader of that kind of that rise of that program hopefully in the next couple of years. But, you know, like we said before, they have work to do. But, um, yeah, I was just – that's really it for me. Uh, I, I want to – like for a couple – I think for next week we talked about doing rankings, and we'll kind of do that in the future. But I think this is where we would kind of talk about it. But I want to get – we all – we kind of all discuss. We want like well, at least one more week of district play to see how everyone's pans out. So, Yeah, I 100% want to get more data on all these teams, get a bigger sample size. Um, just because I don't think that rankings right now would be necessarily inaccurate. I just don't think 
I think waiting another week gives us the best the best chance to accurately assess where these teams will be. I think both of you agree with that. Absolutely. We are we are the, we're the CFP, by the way. Um, we <laughs> we we come in around right now and we just give out our little uh, update. No, but I mean honestly, I, I think I totally agree with that. It's yeah, we just need a little bit more time and 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 then you know you'll know that we are educated about it and we and we and we're actually not just listing random teams and. We're not basically on preseason rankings, if, if that's what we're going to go down that line with. But, yeah, we're actually just going to rank these teams how we think they're ranked. No, I'll be 100% honest. I think uh, as an entity, we are one of the most knowledgeable groups on private school football. And I think genuinely if you're going to have like a sort of like like college football playoff ranking committee before private school, I think all three of us 100% have to be on that committee. I mean, I, I think that's something that that would be fun to see with private schools and something that we should definitely be um, called for advice on if it happens. But that's yeah, just no. my, my short, shameless plug. Uh, taps, uh, you know, <laughs> what, uh, get us in the CFP. Hey man, we've done, we, we've done a lot in a short amount of time. It's not crazy to think that something like that could happen, but Moving on into the meat and potatoes of the episode are games of the week. There are five of them as always, and not to discount the games that we have, but a lot of the bigger D1 teams um, have a bye this week. But I still think there's a lot of games that we can talk about that we can still get a lot of substance from. I'll start with a game that I really, really like. Houston St. Thomas at San Antonio Central Catholic. Both schools come into this game at four and one. This one should be interesting, straight up. I think these are two both solid Division I teams that haven't been tested very hard yet. You know, Central Catholic's only loss with the hands of Alamo Heights, a big public school down in San Antonio. And St. Thomas was narrowly bested by Kincaid at a game that I was at, and who we have made clear is a very solid team. The offenses are both relatively close from a points-per-game point of view, but Central seems to have a slight defensive advantage, averaging 14 points allowed per game as opposed to St. Thomas's 23.4. I think everything thus far indicates this game will be a close one, but I'll break Preston actually because I've been picking St. Thomas. I'll pick against them here and go with Central Catholic. I think Army commit Silas Gomez is going to show off with both his arm and his legs here. And straight up, I think he's going to be too much for that St. Thomas defense to handle. Walker, St. Thomas, San Antonio Central Catholic, your thoughts? I'm going to make it kind of short and quick. I'm going with Central Catholic too. I really like this offensive line. Uh, ben Rios, DeAndre Marshall led those led those guys. They stayed local and are going to UTSA to play football at the next level. With those two guys at the helm for that offensive line, and you have Raymond Goodry, the other dominant interior offensive line for them, uh, they make up the, probably the best offensive line in taps, just straight up in private school, without a doubt, I, in my opinion. And then you also – I really like Garrett Davidsmeyer, the running back for them, the 22 back. I really like this team. They have a lot of good talent all over the field. And I think Silas Gomez is one of the best players, especially in San Antonio. And I think that his playmaking ability uh, is just going to lead them over St. Thomas. And I think, like we said, long, very start of the season two, Central Catholic got dudes, and this might be the year they make noise. And I think this is one of the first wins to show it. Yeah, without a doubt. We went and interviewed all of those guys we just talked about at Central Catholic. And one of those interviews, it's in, it's in the vault. We don't know if it'll ever see the light of day at this point, but we hope it does. But they got some dudes at Central Catholic, and that's the basis for me and Walker going with this pick. So, Ryan, the podcast so far is 2-0 and on Central Catholic. You going to make it 3-0, and or are we, we going to go against the grain here? 
I'm I'm gonna go three zero on this. I got Central Catholic as well. I I mean, there's no reason really to go against them. Silas Gomez has made it clear that he is a top level quarterback. I mean, you can even go down the line and and you can see that Jonah Dunlap's a good player. Jonah Dunlap's been putting up numbers every game. I mean, he's averaging 84 yards a game on the run. And then also, Silas Gomez is throwing bombs to his number one wide receiver, which is Jackson Decent. Jackson Decent right now is has 354 yards in the year, averaging about 70 yards a game. Uh, he's got five TDs already this year on five games, averaging a TD per game, which is really, really good. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, he's got another uh, another asset on his team. Uh, Silas Gomez has uh, uh, his name is Braden Flowers. He Braden looks Flowers. good. He looks Braden good. Fl- Braden Flowers is also a good player on that team. Um, has also basically got most of his touchdowns from uh, like basically all the touchdowns Gomez has thrown have gone to hit those two guys. I think it's very clear to see that this team is a very, very, very good team when it comes to, you know, just the offensive side of the ball. I think even if their defense doesn't perform well, I still think they can beat Houston St. Thomas when it comes to just putting up points, even if it is a, um, a shootout at all. Yeah, no, I, I think that I think I honestly think that the St. Tom or Central Catholic will win this game with their defense. I think they'll be the first team to really stifle uh, Houston St. Thomas here. So we'll see. I mean, there there's a lot that can go on, but I like just based off numbers, the eye test and mutual opponents. I like Central Catholic here. Moving on, we have Fort Worth Christian at D.C. And honestly, I'm going to tell you the one reason this game is on our games of the week is because it is a bitter rivalry and crazy things can happen in rivalry games, as we've all seen. You've all you've all heard the adage. Just if it's a rivalry game, throw the records out. It can mean anything. So in terms of the actual prediction, I can only imagine the current state of the Fort Worth Christian football program is that one SpongeBob meme where everything's on fire and there's like 20 little SpongeBob's running around. It's complete chaos. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Again, there's a lot of past beef here. And the only reason, like I mentioned, it's on this game is because of the rivalry. But here's what you're going to do. You're going to take your house. You're going to bet it on Dallas Christian. You're going to go and borrow your neighbor's house. You're going to bet that on Dallas Christian. You're going to bet everything in your possession on Dallas Christian here. If you, if you lose, if you lose your entire livelihood, because I told you I'll take full responsibility, use all my possessions as collateral. There is no way on this planet. Dallas Christian loses this game. I don't care if they're playing Fort Worth Christian. I don't care if it's a rivalry game. DC is going to win this game by roughly 175 points. Give me Dallas Christian. Give me all the points you got. Oh it's not God. going to be close, rivalry or not. There's my rant for the episode, and I think I just okay. shot the rest of my voice I had left. <clears throat> Walker. Okay. Uh, uh, my pick will be DC. Uh, <laughs> Ryan. Yeah, I, I don't really have a lot more to say than that. Um, but I will give you a score though. I'm mm. going 50 nothing. And that's a serious score. They're that's, 50 that's, burger. No, the, I'm I'm dead serious. That's a serious the score. 50 nothing is a serious score for me. And that there's no BS in that. That is a serious score of me putting DC forward Christian. 50 nothing. Um, I'll I'll go like I'll go like I'll go uh I'll go 49-7 and the one like one late score to Jacob Trimble. That's what I'll go. 49-7. You know, I just had um an intense wave of fear come over me, realizing 
the 0.75 chance that the 0.75% chance that Fort Worth Christian wins this game, that clip will be taken out and used against me for the rest oh, of my doubt. life. Without a so, doubt. Oh no, 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 no. no. That, that no. stays in, that stays in. <laughs> I, I, I will live and die by that statement, but you know, you we'll know, see. You, you know your house is going to be used as collateral now too. So you, nah, you're going to have to. It, it, it is, this is you're going to be homeless. It's not. It's not a legally binding statement. Do you? Uh, do you want to live in Stillwater for a week or two? Or uh, yeah. I mean, listen, man. If if it comes down to it, I might have to flee the state. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see. So that's my very very unpassionate and unbiased prediction on. Yeah, Fort Worth. Oh, that actually is unbiased. I don't have any connection to DC, but I just think they're they're a lot better at football than Fort Worth Christian at the moment. Well, anything you hate DC. If anything, you hate DC. Right? If anything, I do hate DC. I made this really clear. Um, no one's called me a DC homer, but I pick for them a lot. I hate Dallas Christian. They beat me on high school. They're just really good at football, and it's hard not to admit that. Moving on, a, a little yeah. bit of, of D3, D4 action in Pantigo Christian at Dallas First Baptist. We see two lower-class division powerhouses meet in this one between undefeated Pantigo and 3-1 and First Baptist. Uh, Jason Lavorn and First Baptist are doing First Baptist type things coming into this game, averaging just over 41 points per game. I see what you're highlighting, right? <laughs> 41 points per game. But somehow Pantigo's outdoing them with just over 46 points a game. Yeah, but but as for this game, I have to go against my friend, Mr. Lavorn, and take Pantigo here. I think both offenses are electric. But Pantigo's defense is just too sexy for me not to love them here. I really do think that they will be the first stifling test for this first Baptist offense. I like Pantigo Christian in this game. Uh, we'll see. Walker, your thoughts. Sorry. Um, I'm watching this video of this kid from uh, Fort Benic whatever first Baptist. He's a 2026 defensive tackle. And he's doing a, he's, he is, what is he? 5'11", 245, and he's doing backflips. And it's really cool. Um, 2026. 2026, what you 2026. Said? Oh my God. He's, he's in, he's in middle school still. Yes. Yeah. He, but like, I just, he came across. So he's in eighth grade. Yes. And <laughs> Jason Lavorn, I was looking at his Twitter and he retweeted it. And I was just dumbfounded that by this kid, just very athletic for this young, for this kid. Uh, shout out him. I'm gonna put it in the video. That's an, it's elite. That's a, just elite. We anyway, need to know. We need to know if he's playing up. We need to know if he's playing on the team. Maybe I don't think. I don't, I don't think that's allowed. First of all, yeah, taps is the Wild West. They probably can. First Baptist long ago was in a Division Two, Division One team, and they just slowly over time just had to grow smaller and smaller. But they have some young talent on the team. Um, but like you said, I think I'm gonna go Pantigo on this one. But don't get it twisted. I think First Baptist has some young talents of 25s, 24s that are some young talent that can help them in the future, but they're just a young team right now. Uh, but uh, with with losing Josue Preza and Josh Little, like we said last year, who I really, really liked, and we got the chance to interview, uh, those two guys and some other seniors left, but they still got some guys there, and they got some things for the future. But uh, give me Pantillo. Yeah, no, those it's hard losing those two kids. And we'll see if First Baptist brings back enough for them to be competitive in this game. Ryan, we've all picked chalk up to this point. Will you continue the trend? Yeah, I got Pantigo. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I don't know how you could root against uh, – first off, let me make this very clear. You, you called a 
a, a football team sexy? I call it a defense. I, I call it a defense, <laughs> which is a concept sexy. It's completely different. Okay, awesome. Remember, this is a private Christian school podcast. Hey, we hey. <laughs> very clear. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not picking against Pantsego. I mean, they're five and zero coming into this game. They've won by. 35 18-42-0, 62-20, 43-0, 49-3. I mean, why would you pick against this team right now at all, by the way? Also, they went they went undefeated last season, went into their uh uh playoffs, ended up losing really, really close to Trinity Christian Lubbock. I have no reason right now to think otherwise that they wouldn't be a good team this year. Um, and and I just yeah, I know. I, I if that eighth grader is playing for first Baptist. Please just like you know change that entire pick because I that eighth grader that's doing backflips like, must be doing work. Like there's some there's some young guys looking into him. Caleb Mitchell is one to watch. 2025 wide receiver, 6'3, 165. Uh, they have a quarterback as well. Uh what's his name? What he's what he's 15 and he's and he's 6'3, 165. Also, that's super skinny, by the way. Holy it crap. Is, he's like but... he's like a twig. Uh, yeah, there's another 25 quarterback they got over there who, in his first game, wow. 12 of 16, 159, and three passing touchdowns. So, I mean, yeah. and they got some guys over there, some young guys, but I, I think they just it's just gonna take some time. That'll be interesting to see how, how First Baptist develops as the years go on. Because, I mean, if they do have that much young talent, I know the coaching is there. So it'll be interesting to see if they can actually develop and start to take over D3. And if they get kids, maybe move back up. But now we move into Ryan's territory where we see Frisco Legacy play Trinity Christian at the star. Oh, Ryan, I'm actually going to let you just say whatever you like want to say and you have from the past here. So I'm going to let you take this one away first. So I'm, I love this game every single year. I, I think – or actually, I'm, we'll go we'll, – we'll take it back just a little bit. I won't spend too long on this. But back in the day, it was not against TCA. When I was in high school, this game was not against Trinity Christian Addison. It was against Prince of Peace Christian School. And it was called the uh, Eagle Bowl or whatever you want to call that. You want a statue of an eagle after the game. Um, because apparently everybody in private school wanted to be the Eagles. As you can tell, Walker's mascot was an eagle as well. Everybody wanted to be the Eagles. So in all reality, we had this called the Eagle Bowl. And I'm pretty sure Legacy never lost, ever. They never lost the star. And we won last year, too. We have not lost in the star yet. Since Prince we've been playing there, trash. what Prince of Peace was trash. No, and, and and TCA last year. Keep that in mind, by the way. Legacy Christian Academy beat TCA in the star last year. So let that be known. However, I have to say that is going to be the exact opposite of what happens this year. I think TCA is going to roll them. So I hope my brother Jake has a great time on the sideline, like I did my senior year um, of doing this. It was such a fun time. I made such a cool video. Um, if anything, uh, I wonder if I can send that to you because I want to play just a little bit of it because it's probably my favorite video I've ever made of all time for high school football. And it, it was a lot of fun and I still have such good memories from that game. So, but I, I, I really do think it could be another DC Fort Worth type of thing right here. I mean, this game could be a 40 nothing thing and or a 46 thing or whatever. Like, I, I just, you know, I, I honestly, I love, I would love to believe in legacy again, but I'm not picking you until next week when I'll pick you against Fort Worth Christian. I, I, right now I got TCA by 40 or 50 and, and I hope my brother has a good time trying to record whatever he can of legacy doing 
random warm up stuff so he gets enough content for the video because they won't probably won't be scoring any touchdowns. Oh, also I wanted to say a couple of different things. Uh, Legacy will be having uh, their starting athlete out if you want to call him that. He plays every single position. Uh, his name is uh, Trace Harris. Um, he's a junior. Uh, and he ended up going off in an ambulance last game. So, uh, he is not going to be playing, I'm assuming this next game. Um, and he is a big asset to this team. He was going throughout my entire year. She was going to play, you know, quarterback. He never ended up playing quarterback. Um, his mom told me when I was uh, announcing seventh and eighth grade football that I kept calling him by the wrong name because it was supposed to be, um, uh, uh, it's supposed to be trace instead of Trez. Um, so I'm sorry. It's spelled T R E T R E S. So. So sorry, Trace. Um, but anyways, all I have to say is I think Lacey, um, you know, I, I think we just look past this one. I think we just focus on forward Christian after that. Walker, uh, Legacy versus TCA at the star. Your thoughts? Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to go TCA. They killed my Eagles last week, and they're going to kill these Eagles this week. I mean, that's, that's point blank simple. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, man. I mean, don't overthink this one, folks. TCA is through and through the better team here, and just not picking them would be foolish. I mean, I'd I'd say sorry, Ryan, but you seem to understand that as well. It's no knock on legacy. It's just TCA is really, really good this year. I, I want to say this as well. I never even talked about me picking against uh, me picking Grace over legacy. I didn't even talk about that. <laughs> I just want to make it very clear. I should also be wearing a suit right now. I, I, sh- I, I don't know why I'm not. I picked against my alma mater and they won. So, yeah, I'm very sorry to all Legacy fans, but, I mean, it just – in all reality, you know, if this game is also a blowout, then that was a fluke, and I'm sorry. I mean, I have to wait till a Fort I – need, I need to wait till a Fort Worth Christian win, and then I'll put that uh, I'll put that nice shiny suit on. Hey, man, I tried to tell you y'all would beat us, but you just, you just wouldn't listen. Even though I picked Grace, I don't really know how that works. Anyways, yeah, Walker picked Grace too. So, I mean, we're all oh, just in the gutter. It, it was the kiss of death. But moving into the final game of the episode, a game that is, is actually kind of close to me personally, Weatherford at Covenant Christian. And like I mentioned, I absolutely love this game for personal reasons. I've mentioned my love for six-man football time and time again on this show, and I actually watched Weatherford back in the 2018 season when they were the runner-up for the six-man state championships. They played my friend's team, ETCA. (laughs) They beat them 58 to nothing like every other team beat ETCA, but that's neither here nor there. They're going to be really mad at me when they watch this. But all that to say, now Weatherford's up playing big boy football, and they're doing a daggum good job of it too, coming in at 3-1 and on the season. However, they unfortunately run into the human buzzsaw that is Christian Wells, Enau Etta, and the rest of the Cougars, which I honestly just think are a better team at this point. I don't know how Weatherford is thinking of stopping Etta, but they figure that they better figure that out quickly or it could get ugly. Give me Covenant in this one, but I'm secretly, not even secretly, I'm hoping Weatherford pulls this out regardless of what it does to my pick record. But, you know, on the record, I think Covenant will win. Walker, you first. Weatherford at Covenant Christian. You know, Weatherford's actually close to my home. I'm like probably 15, 20 minutes, probably like 30 actually outside of Weatherford. So, like, they're kind of my hometown team, but also I'm probably 30 minutes out of Covenant. So, like, you know, it's it's either pick your poison of what direction you want. But, um. You see, I wanted to maybe kind of go bold and go Weatherford, but, you know, I've been too bold the past couple of weeks, and I'm just going to be logical for the first time in a while. 
I'm just going to go Covenant. I think Covenant's a good choice here. I think they're the better team. Ride with NL. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Ryan, I've just now realized that we have all picked the exact same teams for every game up till now. I, I'm going to assume you're going to continue that trend here, but we'll see. What are you thinking? Are you going to surprise us? So let me talk a little bit first. Oh, I'm going I'm to yeah. talk this <laughs> Yeah. So, so Probably I'm going to say Covenant Christian here. I'm sorry I had all very, very, very so stuff, <laughs> but yeah, I got Covenant Christian. I'm sorry. I, 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 I was looking at a team that played Alito and I was getting a little bit of hope, but yeah, no, not, not anymore. Not the Ruse. They're the Lions. And they're not the great five faith lions. But yeah, no, I mean, regardless of what it does to my pick record, even though I'm betting covenant, I'm going to be completely rooting for Weatherford here just because I've watched them come <sighs> from, I, I call that district at ETCA and then we're in the gutter. So I've literally watched them come from the gutter up to 11 man football. And I think it'd be really, really cool just to see them start pulling off big wins here and there. And right before we go, I want to ask all of us do, who has the best student section in Texas private school football? It's a question we teased back in the past. I mean, I know that Central Catholic has made claims for it. I know some other teams have shown good clips. We want to know who has the most passion. We'll ask this on Twitter too, but we know that this is something that schools, you know, take great pride in is having a crazy rambunctious student section. So if you think your school does, let us know. If you think another school does, please tell us. It's something we really, really want to learn. Speaking of that, all you random Barstool accounts for your schools, <laughs> all y'all hit us up because you are the leaders of your student section, I'm assuming. I'm assuming that's kind of who runs those accounts. So I would love for you uh, to even like ramp that up. And we can even have a poll on Twitter as well if we get a couple nominees and stuff like that, do a little poll on there. And we can make it something pretty cool. So yeah, get those student section, a little Barstool accounts up in there and Make sure uh, we're getting as much attention as possible because we do want to know who has the best student section out of all private schools. Without a doubt. I'm excited. I, I want to see who's the best. Who are, yeah. Where is the toughest place to play in all the private schools? Yeah. Let me know. Let me know. Yeah. Where's the 12th man? Where is the 12th man? It's here in College Station, first of all. But, okay. yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 Anyways. But, yeah. Let us know. It's going to be a great time. I'd like to see Let's get some collaboration among the among the schools around the state just in time for district play. So, yeah, uh, stay tuned. Let us know all that jazz. But that actually leads us into the conclusion of this episode. That's all that we have. Yet again, as always, please, if you have any takes of your own comments, concerns, questions, just angry yelling at us for disagreeing, please let it out in the comments. Also, really quick. Something that I want to do to reward anyone that's been listening this long. Um, if you can name me the three albums of the records that are sitting behind me in order, uh, if you can name that and put them in the comments, what they are, I'll Venmo you $5. Literally just put it in the comments and put your Venmo tag and I'll Venmo you, I swear. I know Walker knows what at least two of them are. Ryan, just without saying what they are, do you know what they are? Uh, I know what the one on the right is, all the way to the right, and then I don't know the other two. I know what the one on the right is, though. It'll it'll be interesting. I, I think I know the middle one. Is it um? I'll, I'll cut oh. it out or I'll bleep it. But is it? Yeah, it is. It's just it's an alternate cover that comes with the record. Right. But I'll give I'll give the people a hint for the middle one. It's widely regarded as the best hip hop album of all time. And I'll go to my grave saying that uh, it is. Bleep bleep me on this one too. But uh, uh, that's. What or I gotta cover my mouth too. Is that 
Yeah, both so, of them are. It's yeah. It's- oh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. The records go hard. Exactly. The records go hard. But I mean, barring any additional comments from my fabulous co-hosts, this has been the Texas Private School Podcast. I've been one third of your hosting crew, West Hollis and Walker Lott and Ryan Schroeder have been themselves. We will see you in the next episode. See you later. <laughs>